You're listening to The Real King with Joe and Heidi King. Imagine how it could happen. So that means it's possible. Yeah, but are things going to line up for it to happen? Probably not. Okay, so for example, it's going to be impossible for me to win a million dollars or improbable it's improbable Improbable. interesting because you the the, the thing that would change it is you'd have to go buy the ticket Mm -hmm. and And you'd have to you can't see wasting the money and the odds are against you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's it's not impossible because we've seen that it is possible people have done it in fact the billion dollar winner from florida bought their ticket at my boss's Publix. neat and she goes neat oh that's that's neat. neat take a walk in nature are they still a thing i don't know they're funny but <laughs> is she doing the fewer yeah, do check yeah, thing yeah yeah oh boy they funny. i feel like i said there nope no you didn't <laughs> you sure didn't but uh your brain is just we've seen your eyeballs got huge we've seen that it's possible to win a million dollars but it's just yeah. really improbable that so you is there really anything that's impossible then probably with, not. with god <laughs> with god all things are possible yeah well <laughs> you know what's funny is that the bobble the bob girl the bobble does not say that with god all things are probable it just says they're possible yeah Put that in your pipe and how do we get on that i think probability i, just, I said probability is a fun word like it say is that. probability <laughs> that's how she's saying say it, it southern probability <laughs> probability Joe, say it russian probability <laughs> probability <laughs> i am russian cab driver i'm strong i take like you where you need to go yeah mm-hmm. that's funny yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, real quick housekeeping. What if we have an audience in Russia we don't know about? Shout hey. out Russia. Hey, Russia. Hope you're there. Our dad went to Russia. Yeah. Pastor Tim Poland, went to Russia. Russia. There could be a chance on the Russian they thing, had, though. They had, oh, man, we should have them on to tell some testimonies about that sometime. Yeah, we should. Hey, yes. Real quick. Real quick housekeeping. I feel like we need, we talked about this earlier during dinner, and I feel like we need to say it. Um, we've mentioned a few different times that we have some favorite podcasts and people go to people that we listen to, but right. We're going to advise at this point because our, our friend Tim Ross has taken a hard left. I would say, at least for me, I'm, I'm on a hold with him listening to him yeah. because he's, he's off scripture at the well, moment. And I'm praying, you know. but yeah, hold him up in prayer. But, I just we have Mentioned episodes him. out there where we've recommended him and I don't I personally don't feel like I can endorse people listening to him right now where he's at. Yeah, it you hurts know, my heart when people when they step away from their calling in church. Mm-hmm. And then when they do that, that disconnect happens and I think, you know, yeah, monetary things and and just even the influence, like he picked up certain people from other ministries that were yeah. kind and that was really hopeful because then it's like okay, somebody's giving them a chance, and they they yeah, you know, we talked about it. People start out with a vision and a call from God, and it says in the Bible that the gift and the call are without repentance. Mm-hmm. God doesn't take them back. 
but we can change the anointing that we operate under. Yeah. I can pray for healing. And it says in the Bible that many will stand before me and say, Lord, Lord, I laid hands on the sick. I prophesied in your name. I cast out demons, yada, yada, like all that stuff. And he looks at them and he says, depart from me, depending on which version you're, I like the King James on that, but he's like, depart from me, you wicked sloth, Mm -hmm. worker of iniquity. I never knew you because they were not in an intimate relationship with him. Right. So there is, you know, there, when people start out with a vision, a call, and then the the weight of the responsibility and the spotlight get there, it, it's really... Or even the comfort levels. Because mm-hmm. when you're first starting out in a calling, you are real unsure. And you yeah. have no clue like how it's going to take place, like how this mm-hmm. thing's going to happen, what it's going to look like. And so it forces you to a certain extent to have mm-hmm. to have that relationship with him right in the palm of your hand and to be yeah. very in step with him. And then the minute you start to get kind of used to how it's flowing, used to how it's going, you know, and like years start to add up yeah. and that, that's where all of a sudden yeah, you start to like let that line get a little bit longer without really probably even noticing it. Yeah. And unfortunate, it's, usually something that kind of smacks them upside the head or they fall real hard before they realize they're even off the path. Yeah, and then the scary thing is, will they forgive themselves? Yeah. You know, um, the scripture says, lay, lay hands on no man suddenly. When when you look okay, at that... Okay, can we talk about that? Because people misinterpret that verse a lot. Yeah, and they're, it's actually talking about somebody that's fallen in ministry. Somebody that's you know, done some questionable things and you're not going to put them back in a place of speaking into other people's lives without the fruit mm-hmm. manifested. Yeah. Um, you can come and tell me you're repentant. Yeah. You can come and cry with me. We can work on this together, but you'll know them by their fruit. Come on. Right. Yes. So when, yeah. when you see those types of yes. situations, you know, we want to, we want to, we want to see the best for people. Um, we were talking about fruit of the spirit in church pastor was yesterday or Sunday and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I went, I rabbit trailed hard on my own sitting there and I, I went through and I looked at each one of those fruit and, in the Greek, and then I looked up the context of each each word, and one of them, somebody had said, "Oh, we should we should read on meekness. What is meekness?" And when I started to dig into that, it was mind blowing what meekness actually is. When you have meekness. You have full confidence. shall inherit the earth. Yeah. You, know? you have full confidence in your ability, in, in who you are, and who Christ is in you. Mm-hmm. And with that ability, meekness is when you are able to make a conscious decision not to react. Um, 
years ago we were we were at a, a there was a display for a martial arts studio mm. in the area. My brother was a part of it. Yeah. Um, it was at a, the Northern Wisconsin State Fair, and they were doing all these demonstrations and all all these things and signing people up for lessons for self defense. And when it got over, a lot of them were still in uniform, and um, there was obviously a beer tent because we're excuse me <clears throat> we're in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, home of Line and Googles. Not for long. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, they're on <laughs> strike like, right really? now. Yeah, but um, so <clears throat> all these guys were hanging out by their cars, getting ready to leave. They're all in their their geese, their mm-hmm. um, their Uniform. outfits. And and they all had their belts on. And this guy that, you know, he, he was saying that he was a Marine and he was very, very intoxicated. Uh, he came out with a bunch of friends. And as soon as he seen those those that attire, he went off. I mean, it was just demonic. He wanted to fight everybody. And he came up and, and my brother was like the biggest guy there. So my brother was, his personality was very, he, he had meekness. Yeah. He, he was respected by a lot of people in that community because he had like a lot of really crazy abilities and he would practice this stuff on me and my friends. So we would get thrown around by this guy all the time. And when this guy approached the group, he, he singled out different people and then he went after it the biggest guy in the group, which was Andy. And he started threatening him, and he was getting real close to, like, throwing a punch. And I watched Andrew smile at him and say, you need to go home and sleep it off, bud. And he was just the nicest guy to him. He was like, this probably isn't you. You need to go home and sleep this off. And everybody else was, like, standing there waiting for the show. You know, they're waiting for mm-hmm. some sort of hand-to-hand combat. And when this guy pushed him, he smiled and he said, you're not worth my time. And he turned around and he walked off. Mm. And I thought, you idiot, clobber him. Mm. Like, let him have it, man. Because he could have. Yeah, he could have. He could have. And, yeah. and, I mean, there's no way this guy would have, one, in his, his intoxicated state, and then two, like, I've been hit by my brother, like, and not even at his full strength. I watched my other brother get knocked out cold a bunch of times. He he had very good accuracy with throwing a punch. And then he held, like, what was it, the WPKA breaking title for breaking bricks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He did all this stuff. Meekness is knowing that you have this ability and not acting on it. Mm. Meekness is is knowing that you know the answer. You have the you have the ability to correct somebody right here, right now, and set them straight. But you give them grace instead. Mm. That's crazy, because like most of us control. most of us don't have that kind of self control. We might for a moment, mm-hmm. but as soon as we get another opportunity, we might act on it. Right. We do that as husbands and wives. Like, man. Like, I, I could correct her right now, but it might ruin the moment. So, and then later on, it's like, I had self-control there. And I didn't bring it up. I didn't fix it. Oh, here we go again. Well, now's the time. Now's the time. Yeah. You know, and then you try to slide it in there. And that's not meekness. Meekness is 
is when you're confident in who you are, who Christ is in you, you know your abilities, you know the gifts you have, you know your potential, mm-hmm. whether it be to be ruthless and mean or the sweetest person in the world, and then you don't act on it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think it's amazing, too, because that's like Jesus' entire walk. Meekness is the antithesis of, like, your own will. Yeah. I should I'll, I'll and just read that. Which is like Jesus embodied that literally, you know, Mm -hmm. like thy will be done. Yeah. They came to him. They're like, Lord, those people are over there casting out demons in your name. Yeah. Do you want us to call fire down from heaven and just kill them right now? Yeah. He's like, if they're not against us, they're with us. Yeah. He, he was always telling them to just kind of calm down. Like everybody calm down. So we were just talking about that today. This is, it's so funny because we started talking about one thing and it it really was, and we didn't, we didn't riff much tonight, right. but that's fine. We don't always need to. It's, it was a good segue into what we wanted to talk about today. Um, yeah, we were talking about Jesus and his character earlier today. Yeah. So when, when you what? pull up in the Strongs, when you pull up meekness, mm-hmm. um, it says it's, Paratotes uh, is the Greek word. It says properly temperate, displaying the right blend of force and reserve. Avoids unnecessary harshness, yet without compromising or being too slow to use necessary force. Interesting. For the believer, the fruit, the product of the Holy Spirit, it never gets, it never it is never something humanly accomplished or biological. It comes from the spirit. Hmm. Wow. Mm. I feel like there is, I, I can see why it's not something that's humanly possible because it seems like you either have one end of the spectrum or the other. People either are quiet and don't mm-hmm. say nothing or you have people that are harsh and they choose to be harsh all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. Like there's no middle ground. They're going to be harsh or they're not going to be harsh at all. I feel like as I've gotten older, I've kind of the pendulum is swinging yeah. a bit. Mm-hmm. And you don't, I've said this before, but you don't, you don't always need to say the thing Yeah, because people are hard enough on themselves. And like we, we try to take the place of the Holy spirit mm. yeah, and try to convict people because we want to see it. Mm-hmm. We want to see the conviction. Mm. You know? I want I want to see that light bulb come on right now. And that's self-serving. I was going to say, that's actually very selfish that we want that. Because really, that's not our job. No, and it's not. Why is it that the Holy Spirit has given us that discernment where we can see when somebody is... Um, self-destructing no they're 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 not sincere yeah right and that's usually when you want to see the repentance that's usually when when you want to see them eat crow is when you can you sense something's insincere were you guys in for the message where i talked about this with dad or were you in children's ministry i think that was the that was the sunday it was the sunday where atlas ate an entire banana yes yeah so Dad was t- preaching about something similar, 
and how it's so hard when you can see people that have head knowledge, but it's like, it's just not sinking in. Right? Yes. And I, this is, I had the mic cause I was helping him with reading. And I said, this is what it's like to me. Do you know, like as a couple, okay. Like Heidi, we, Carlos and I load the dishwasher very differently. Yep. You don't load the dishwasher and Heidi does. Mm-hmm. But if you were to just jump in, you probably have a different way of doing it than totally she different. does. Totally different. Because I do, I do what, load the dishwasher sometimes. Hold on. So <laughs> what's funny about you is like you're very different than Carlos. Carlos is meek. Like, like according to the definition. Mm-hmm. And he has a lot of restraint. And I attribute that to him being the oldest. Mm. And I'm the youngest mm. in our family. Andrew was also the oldest. Right. And I think that that is a trait that comes more easily granted this is a generalization but i think it's something that is found more frequently in an older sibling or the oldest sibling right so anyway i have a certain way that i load the dishwasher which is different than the way that he would do it and in my mind i i am always thinking ahead when it comes to it or like when it comes to certain things right and i know how i know better how our dishwasher works and how it cleans the dishes right and so if carlos and i have a discussion and i go can you please load the dishwasher that way and i try to explain it and he brushes me off not saying he did this but if he were to brush me off and be like yeah yeah yeah, i get it i'll fine i'll do it that is an unsettling feeling Mm -hmm. because rather than him wanting to truly understand why I'm saying it and mm-hmm. why it's the better option. Yeah. He's just doing it to appease me. Mm-hmm. And how many people are reading the scripture and saying, yeah, fine. Come on. I'm not going to commit adultery. I'm not going to kill anybody. I'm not going to steal anybody. I'm checking off the boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And it's not dropping from their head to their heart. Right. And it's such an unsettling feeling when you're trying to get somebody to understand and buy into what you're saying because you know it's better for them Mm -hmm. and you can list out and illustrate to them a million reasons why even your kids right and you're like this listen i need you to go to bed early Mm -hmm. right and they're like fine i'll go to bed early yeah and but like it's head knowledge they're like Mm -hmm. fine i'm going i'm going Right. But it never drops to their heart until they're older, right? It like there's like a school of hard knocks that kicks in and they have to go through certain trials and tribulations before they understand it too. Yeah. That process of wa- watching someone go through that process and seeing them before it hits home is not for the faint of heart. No. It's also hard to not as somebody that, am I perfect? Nope. Is Joe no. perfect? Nope. Mm-hmm. Are you? Nope. No. But we have had a lot of head to heart yeah. that has occurred. Mm-hmm. Like there's been a lot of that with us and yeah. we've, we've, we got it in a lot of certain situations now. And it didn't feel great. No. And it, and it took a while. A lot of times you're trying to save the person a heartache that you yourself experienced. Yes. yes. Like I'm telling you this because it's for your own good. Yeah. And I don't want you to have to go through what I went through. Yeah. But as, as, as people though, that have had the head to heart drop, it is sometimes difficult to not get frustrated. Yeah. Because when I, when we talk to people and they are dismissive 
of, of what we're trying to say because they already heard that scripture or they already heard that thing or mm-hmm. I already do that. Yeah. Well, don't tell me that you already do that thing because your fruit's not lining up with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can, from a person that has had the head to heart drop, I can tell that you have not. And that's the part that they like can't, I, I don't know if they can't see it or if something, but when there is like a, a head to heart drop, there yeah. is like a, there is a, something happens. That void is filled. You get like right. a DNA switch, like mm-hmm. so, you completely transform. We were yes. talking earlier, mm-hmm. just briefly, one of the most frustrating things for me is to watch like these soulish, almost new age-ish mindsets that are in the church active, right? So scripture says you have to work out your own salvation. Mm-hmm. So when people go in that process and they start trying to follow the commands, I, 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 well, then they end up serving the God of I, me. Yeah. And all of a sudden it becomes about them. Mm-hmm. When Jesus said, he who is first will be last. Yep. And he who is last will be first. When you start to serve others, right? Yeah. You get so busy, you don't get, you, you don't, you fall into temptation. Right. And now you've got an audience. Mm-hmm. Now everybody's watching you yeah. because so, you're out there. You're pushing yeah. the the you're pushing the agenda of the cross to see them saved and set free and whole. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now all of a sudden, if you foul up, you've been so busy for the Lord that everybody's going to see it because now you're everybody's help. Yes. Yeah. You're you're stewarding the Holy Spirit, and you are co-laboring with Him. To see people do well. And what happens is people end up in this vicious cycle mm-hmm. of trying to trying self help. Self help. Yes. They're so trying to obtain. We were so the whole reason we're talking about this is because some things in the last couple of weeks have transpired, like not in our immediate circle, but like adjacent to. And I I might get emotional. It's fine. <laughs> so dumb. No, it's not. I have to listen to it. <laughs> to That's all right, it. though. <clears throat> so my this heart... is what happens when yeah. when the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. gives you conviction for the souls of the lost. Yes. So my heart's been heavy, and I called Heidi today just like talk, and I couldn't like put a finger on it. This is going to be a rough one. It's what people need, though. I like to think of myself as being rather poised. (laughs) And here I am. God likes to unravel. I know. Right in front of everybody. (laughs) Yeah, that's how we roll. So my heart was heavy. And I couldn't put a finger on why. And like, I mean, I could, but kind of not. So like time and time again, I've talked about this. um, And, you know, it's like a topic of conversation amongst us because I have a hard time letting my guard down. And I feel like oftentimes I'll let it down and then that person will kind of disappoint me or right. And like, you're not supposed to think that way, but um, I've had instances where I resist it because I feel like there's a couple of red flags and then I kind of like resign and like let my guard down a little bit 
And I felt like, I felt like I let my guard down a little bit in terms of friendship to let someone in. And it was like immediate Mm -hmm. that they, they punted on God, not fully, but like in my mind, they were, they were in one place and it became abundantly clear that they were in a different place. Not at all as mature spiritually as I had thought. And so that really bothered me, but I couldn't put a finger on why, because I wasn't emotionally invested in the friendship personally. But you are a part of the same body. I am. But there was something different about it. And then I kept having this recurring thought. And it was, then it like started. And now if I have the thought, once I've like synthesized what it is and I said it out loud, now it's like I get the goosies. Mm -hmm. My heart was heavy and I felt it wasn't me that was offended or like hurt, but God was allowing me to feel the grief of the Holy Spirit. Yeah as a result of what had happened with that person. Because it didn't make any logical sense that I would be so affected because I wasn't close to that person, right? Mm. And I thought, like, there's just, like, so much in that. (laughs) And then as I was talking to Heidi, I was like, but at the same time, I'm thinking I can't like then right away my flesh is going to say you can't well don't let your guard down this is exactly why you don't because people will fail you right and that sounds very dramatic and I get that it's not like I've been failed by people my whole life (laughs) but like you know you get you it's like self-preservation but then I started to think about like the actual character of Jesus Mm -hmm. and he brought the disciples all of them including Judas. He ate with Judas. All the time. He had dinner with him. He healed people. He had dinner with him at the Last Supper. Mm -hmm. He lived with his disciples. They were his pupils. They they traveled together. They He not only ate dinner with Judas, but he said, One of you is gonna do this. Go and do what you need to do. Right? And yeah. No, chime in. The interesting part about that though is like when she's like, I let my guard down and people all like, it's like not a surprise anymore when they, they leave or they go completely they off the yeah. rail yeah. or something happens. And we were, got talking about Jesus at the, um, where was he? It was a garden, garden where he was, when like, he went up to pray. pray. So he went up to pray yeah. and he wanted, um, Peter, Peter. There was another one, John. To pray Stay as well. Awake. Stay awake and pray. They were just supposed to watch. And, um, okay, not even pray. So just stay awake. Yeah, just like, so can makes, you just keep an makes eye it out? even easier. Unbelievable. And every time he would come back, they would be sleeping. Mm-hmm. And it's that feeling of, I've got you, I've got people, yeah, I've got their back, but was. nobody's got yes. mine. And I was, t- we we're talking today and we're like, do you, I mean, Jesus was flesh at this point and he was already in a weak point because he even said like, do we really need to do this? Take this cup if you, you can. Know? Yeah. And we're like, I wonder if he had a moment where he was like, 
I was sent here to do this, and I, you couldn't even just give me a couple guys that could just stay awake like in you this can't even particular moment. Like, can I just have somebody that doesn't you, fail? You know when he had those moments because he called them by their earthly name. Do you know what's amazing, mm. too? Is like, <laughs> Peter. Mm. So Heidi and I were talking about this because this is sort of hilarious. So first of all, he's like, Peter here, my friend. By the way, um, he's going to totally deny me. Mm-hmm. Like when I need him most, when I need him most, he's going to flat out betray me. Not once, not twice, three times. He's going to betray me. And I know that. And he still welcomed him in. Yeah. He still taught him. He still, he built his church upon him. Yeah. He actually, even when, Peter, when he was telling Peter that, Peter was professing how he was going to die for him. I was just going to say yes. that. He was like, oh, no, 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 God. Like, I yeah. would never, never I, w- I would never happen. do that to you. And how many no, times? He said, he said, when Jesus told him that they were going to come and take him and he was going to be led to his demise, Peter, Peter was like ready to fight. Dude, this is I'll what I said to Heidi. Yeah. Hold on, though. But how many times, though, do we experience that in real life? Oh, my gosh. Where you have somebody time. in your face, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I got you. Like, let's do this. Let's mm-hmm. do this. Let's go. Let's go. Jesus. And you're like, here we go. Jesus is like, he's like, get thee behind me, Satan. Yeah. Right. You don't know you like I know you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like a month, two months, three months, a year down the road, and those people have like just vanished because they're here for a good time not a long time it's interesting because not only did he say i'm going to build my church upon you or him or you know peter then when he was crucified by the way the first words out of his mouth yeah were and go tell peter when he yeah when he was resurrected yeah yeah that's wild because he had just betrayed him when he needed him the most and i was telling heidi can you imagine you're jesus and you come back to the garden and these two are asleep. Yeah. And all you needed was for them to like tarry with you and just keep watch. And then you're being arrested and then they freak out and cut the guy's ear off. And he's like, seriously, Peter, first of all, <laughs> who gave Peter a knife? Where did you even get he that? He told him to go out and get it. Where did you even get the knife? Why? Now I'm being arrested and now I have to heal this guy. He was trying to let him know. He's like, go out and sell your things and get yourself a sword he said get yourself a sword mm-hmm. i need to read the bible <laughs> yeah there's like a whole like cult following said, of that scripture is there because like they're like this is my right they concealed carry oh my gosh they try hilarious. to use it to carry a gun all the time which is fine i'm 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 a hillbilly yeah. I'm, I'm down with you as long as you're safe <laughs> yeah. this is so funny <clears throat> so Take hunter safety like on top of everything else he's dealing with and the fact that they won't even stay awake to keep watch for him mm-hmm. and we for sure said pray all day long said pray yeah um then on top of Check it and out. he knows they're gonna betray him he he not not only is this going on but picture this this man God, the man, mm-hmm. in the flesh, he's he's literally interceding for the situation yeah. at hand to the point his sweat turns to blood. Mm-hmm. 43 years of being in church, right? Um, let's say 28 of which I was very cynical of Christian people yeah, and had a lot of anger and hatred for them. So can I, so 43 years in church. So you say 28. So basically 28 was, was head. 
28 was no uh, heart observation skepticism a lot of head knowledge because yeah. i'd heard a lot of scripture yeah. had a lot of it run through my mind um i could tell you how long somebody was going to be in the church by when they got up in front and said i feel i'm at home oh yeah yeah within two weeks of that and i hate even saying that because like now people are going to hear it and they're going to see what i what i'm saying mm. Like within within two weeks of somebody making an open declaration in front of the whole church, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's because the devil goes, I heard it too, and makes all hell break loose and gets them in offense and they leave, yeah. Or if it's just maybe God heightened my senses to catch that one yeah. where I'm like, oh, they're they're gonna go down the road because there are certain earmarks. But you, you know what it is though, is it's them it's the pep talking. When you hear people yeah. that are they all they're talking to you, but it's as if they're giving themselves a pep talk. Yeah, yeah. Watch for that because yeah. it shows that they're really, really, really struggling in something right yeah. now, and that there's no head to heart going on. Because so this frustrated me because I hear a a lot of people lately as if they're trying to give themselves pep talks. And I'm like, this is not how it's supposed to be that you're you're carrying your own burden right now. There's still something amiss here. And I look at my husband who overnight, overnight went from a completely demon filled, demonic, mean, 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 snaky man who drank booze 24 seven and overnight was no longer that man. Mm -hmm. And I never not one time did I ever hear him give him a pep talk that he wasn't going to go to the bar or that he wasn't going to, Lord, help me not crave this alcohol. There was none of that. There was no, there was no trying to figure out how to, how to make sure that he lived a good enough life so that he no longer craved the things of this world anymore. There was a complete change. And what I see is that there's people nowadays that will get free from something and then they spend the next 10 years trying to convince themselves that they don't want it anymore. And this is the difference between being in recovery and being in deliverance. Yeah. Because you can be recovered but you're the center of that story. Yes. And there are people that want it that way because mm-hmm. they want the they want the props. Yeah. They want to be the center of that story. The difference is when you see a true deliverance, people have a transformation of mind to the point where it is God at the center. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's God's storyline and it's God's timeline and he was so gracious to include me in it yes Mm -hmm. that he would extend his grace and mercy to me and pull me in yes that but he's the center of it when you go through something like that but you refuse to put on christ and you continue to leave yourself as the center of that story you're holding on to something there. You're still, you're still I, holding I on. I cut covenant with God that night. Right. So there, there's a difference too. Nobody prays whatever it takes. No. Parents are afraid to pray that because they don't want to see their child go into a Job situation. Mm-hmm. They don't want to see their child face hardship and possibly death, which is unbiblical because we're supposed to take up our cross. Right. And even if we get stuff back, it comes with persecutions. But when when I seen a glimpse of my eternity, if I would have died that night, that was so coming from somebody that had severe panic attacks all the time. Mm-hmm. 
and I, they were crippling. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't drive to the cities to go see my best friend. Right. Because I needed alcohol and drugs to, to manage the panic. Mm-hmm. And that was too long of a drive, two hours. Right. It's too long of a drive without alcohol. So if I did go, I'd drink on the way there. Mm-hmm. I'd drink there and drink on the way back. Now I'm chancing my freedom, which I was never free, but like if I was locked in jail for freedom. a weekend yeah. or mm-hmm. two weeks because of drinking and driving, guess what? Right. I'd be dealing with severe panic attacks. So in the moment that God revealed to me what my what my eternity was like, there was a covenant situation that happened. God, if you do this, you take this, I'll do this. Mm-hmm. But what came with that was a righteous fear of the Lord. Come on. Yeah. Fear so of the Lord. I, yep. I fear breaking covenant with God for what he did Mm -hmm. to the point where I believe with my whole heart, if I took a sip of alcohol today intentionally, Mm -hmm. I would be right back in liver failure. Let me ask you this. So, but that was how you got started. Mm -hmm. And immediately, But, but hold on. But in the process, see, I think that God does works with people this way sometimes where you know how it was like with dad, with Pastor Tim, it was like, fine, I'm going to seek God simply to get revenge on the devil, devil, mm-hmm. right? Like it was a self-serving thing. Mm-hmm. And not that you were doing something self-serving. Well, in to a certain degree, right? You were like, please save me because I want to keep living, right? But you cut covenant with God. At first, I feel like you were fearful of an eternity in damnation. Yes, but in the process, you fell in love with him. There was there was the feeling of love yeah, and understanding. And my eyes, my spiritual eyes were open. There was no longer scales. And immediately the next day, the, the shift in my mind, in my soul. Because the Bible says that God wants you to prosper even as your soul prospers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, my soul. Well, when your soul is prosperous, it's because you're doing the will of the Father. Yeah. So when, when, when I came into clarity of what God did and who I am in him now, mm-hmm. my next step was this was not for me because I'm not worthy of this. Right. Like I'm not deserving of this. So it was for my wife. It was for my son because we only had Max and he was like not even a year. Mm-hmm. And it was for others. So immediately I started seeking what do I have to do to make sure that I stay in favor with God? Mm-hmm. So then immediately I'm on the road to ministry. And then immediately I'm finding places to serve. So I was cooking all the big meals at church. Mm-hmm. I was in pastor's pocket. I had so many experiences where people would come and they'd be like, I'm, I can't be here anymore. I'm not being fed. And I see the pastor behind the scenes and he's, he yells at people. I'm like, he's human. He's, he's mm-hmm. like my dad. My dad yells at me, chastises me. Still, he did it last night. We were out to dinner with him and he, he put me in my place in a good way. 
because he wants to see me successful in Christ. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, I immediately started serving. And even when we got called to leave that body and go into ministry elsewhere, I sought the blessing of that pastor mm-hmm. over my life before I would leave. But in all of that, like in the years since you were delivered, I feel like this is the point I'm trying to make is that even if you start out, okay, so like have you seen people like in an arranged marriage and like they're there because they're forced to be? But there's a there's something that happens with some of them where a switch is flipped. Mm-hmm. My best friend's parents. And there's something that happens where you are no longer doing things out of duty, but you're doing them because you want to please your father. Yes. And it is so you would be so distraught at the thought of displeasing him. Yes. And that you live your life to please him because you love him. Yes. And that it doesn't matter if he gives you another thing in your whole life. If he doesn't bless you with you know, a car and a house and kids and all these things, he's still good. Yes. I don't want that, him to have to forgive me again. And right. Again. And yes. I think that for me, and this is what I said to Heidi, <coughs> I think more than I felt betrayed myself, I felt, I feel like somebody betrayed my best friend. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I, I've been trying to like, audit my own feelings Mm -hmm. and it's like where where i feel like it's defensive it's not for me and because it it doesn't make sense that it would be it it is a spiritual thing and i feel like god revealed to me that he's grieved he's experiencing actual grief over someone's transgression you know the thing is is that I don't like me personally. I don't serve God out of fear of him per se, you know, respect. Yes. But like at a certain point for me personally, in my walk, it transitioned and it was no longer about me fearing hell or like, you know, fearing the, the things that could come against me, but it became like, I want to, enter into worship because I want to spend time with God. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to spend time with my heavenly father. See, I have a good relationship with my earthly father and he's always been present and nurturing and kind and loving to me. And I know that God is e- that even more exponentially. And I, th- that's the part that like grieves my spirit is that, you know, people, they don't, they haven't fallen in love with him. So that strange doctrine, that strange fire that's in the modern Western church, mm-hmm. like this this idea, he's a big God, he can take it. You can be mad at him. You can yell at him. You can't. He's holy. Yeah, he is holy. You cannot. And if you do, you haven't read about Ananias and Sapphira. And you really shouldn't do that to anybody that you truly love and care right, about. Yeah. Right. So you're going to berate the God of all creation because you feel he's a big God and he can take it. That's strange to me. Yeah. That's abusive. Yeah. And that's you blaming him for something the enemy obviously did. And the reason why he doesn't just come in and, and pull us and suck us out of that situation is because we are, we are creatures with free will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And our forefathers before us had free will. 
Yeah. A lot of what we're going through today is because of their poor decisions. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, he's he's literally made legal contract in his word to fix that. And he said, repent and revisit the sins of your forefathers up to four generations back, and we can clear your bloodline for a thousand generations. We have legal right to do that, but instead we're like, I can't because of. Mm-hmm. It's just too hard. Yes, exactly. Like, that's the thing that Heidi and I were talking about. There's a part of them that's not completely sold out and they're holding on to self. You don't know where I've been. Yes. It's like, you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've gone through. You don't know the pain I've been in. I'm lonely. Yeah. That's a big one as well. I, 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 you know, Jesus literally showed us that he is at the end of it all. Like Mm -hmm. he, he is going to, he has victory over death, hell, the grave. And he bore all of that so that we wouldn't have to. I invite anybody to sit down and have a conversation with me because I I went through a sex, sexual molestation in the church by somebody in ministry in the church that was always gone undetected in the church. Not our current church. And... Say went through all the things I went through mm-hmm. and hated people like just got ugly. And then what did God do? He, he gave me my life back. Mm-hmm. And when he did that, he empowered me and said, I'm sending you back into the church. Mm-hmm. Now my place is to walk in righteousness to the best of my ability in that very place that the enemy tried to use to take me out. You don't know my situation. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what they did to me. Those are all entitlements to say that Jesus and what he did on the cross is not enough. It's still, it it all boils back down to the head versus heart though. Yeah. Because until you truly get to that heart download that takes place and how fast, how often, how quick, how does that take place? That is the thing where there is zero recipe. Because the heart knowledge comes after you have just been in to the Lord and seeking him. And then all of a sudden, one day, something just changes. You get completely transformed. Kim Walker had a spontaneous song where she was like, you'll never be the same. Like, you'll never be the same. And the people that are never the same, those are the people where they are your oak trees right now. They're the ones that aren't falling to the bars every Saturday or Sunday and dragging themselves to church. They're not the ones that are trying to figure out how to not watch porn or how to not smoke a cigarette and, oh, help me, Jesus. They're not those people. The people that have truly been changed, transformed, God has taken their lives, when they wake up in the morning, they're not thinking about all this crap of the world. They're literally like, what do you want to do today, Lord? What do you got for Right. But here's the thing. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm. They have not truly tasted and seen. Yes. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Because if you had, if you had, and you had that true experience, that deep down, it permeates your soul. Yeah. You can't, de- it's undeniable. The- and if you do deny it, it's on the altar of self. Yeah. The only because thing- you don't want to lose something that you think is more important to yourself. The only thing that makes that unattainable Mm -hmm. 
is a lack of sacrifice. That's what I'm yes. saying. Yes. We have to literally lay yourself. We we down. have to give up control. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We have to give up control and then you have to trust God. Yeah, yeah. because it has to go from my will yeah. is and God fund it and God provide for it and God complete it, my will, mine. Yeah. To no, his will be done. Yes. His will, not yours. Yeah. It's his will. And people are unwilling. When when the true transformations, when the true change occurs and you're never the same again after that, your those so that's what Pastor Tim was talking about in these baptisms, where that is where sin is truly dead to you. Oh my gosh, you just literally took the thought literally out of my brain. <laughs> Pluck. Yeah. Cause I'm like, wait. Okay, so like I've I've been a naysayer and he's my dad and my pastor. And he's like, no, no, no. When you get baptized, you don't even get tempted. It, it's not even a temptation to you. And it's not that temptation doesn't come to you. Come on. Yes. It's that you don't succumb to it. Yes. Because it's, you know, it's too good on the other side yeah. and you're sold out to God. Yes. And so when sin loses its power. Oh, all okay. heaven breaks loose. When sin loses its power to you, when you actually have that head to heart download and you are changed forever, yeah. the amazing part is, is like you said, temptation still comes, but it's not the same mindset you were in before, no. where it was like, Lord, don't make it so that I don't drink today. Like, help me, Jesus, because I'm really craving it. No, right. nothing like that. You're so used to operating in God and the Holy Spirit that all of a sudden when a temptation comes, you can spot it from a mile away, a mile away. because you know that you're not like that anymore and that you don't operate like that so mm -hmm. probably how many was it years after your thing were we in the car yeah that was that was like two years oh yeah we talked about that was more with than the that. bonfire that was, that was like five years yeah so he was operating so much in the spirit at that point yeah. that when alcohol filled his mouth in our vehicle Supernaturally. Supernaturally. There was no booze anywhere. No, they, you were driving down the road. And when he experienced I that. You're coming from like church. And you smelled and it. And I like smelled it. Afternoon. That right there is how you operate awesomely in Christ because yeah. you knew immediately, both of us knew immediately, this is not we, God. This is demonic. It. And we exposed it right away and we prayed that thing out of the car. Mm -hmm. This is how God intends us to be, people. I didn't, like, I didn't romanticize about what was going no. on. Like, oh man, I remember this. No, nothing. Like, oh, that taste. No, like you were, you were, you had your guard up. So this is where his guard was up, but not because he was looking for something to come. Because he already had the shield no, up. No, it was like he, he was He was up. there. Yeah. When you're operating in Christ and you're putting Christ on, you're not even looking for the problem, but you know that if it comes for you, you you've already got it. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. We are so blessed to have the privilege to share with you. If you haven't already, please connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us by searching at The Real King Podcast. That's at T-H-E Real King Podcast. The Real King Podcast is recorded in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. It is hosted by Joe and Heidi King, who are joined each week by Christina Santamaria as a moderator and contributor. It is produced and edited by Joe and Heidi King and Carlos and Christina Santamaria. All content is under copyright and all rights are reserved.